the thing that comes to mind when I hear homelessness is uh, somebody who doesn't have a safety net um, and who's expected to do it all alone. Homelessness is literally a person who does not have a habitat meant for meant for living because there's so many factors of homelessness. There's so many types of homelessness that if you're going to sort of broadly categorize it, you've really got to break it down to that basic element, which is a person that is existing in a place not meant for human habitation. Say I was homeless and I lost that roof overhead. What have I really lost? I've lost my housing, place I can go from the respite of the worlds and you know, after a tough day's work or whatever it is, I can go to my home. It's a place of safety. It's a place of entertainment. You know, I can plug into my TV and I can be connected to the world. It's about friends, it's about family, it's about pet. And a homeless person loses that roof overhead. They're losing more than just a roof overhead. They're losing all of those other connections. This year has been wild. But I think above anything, 2020 has allowed me to have a lot of self-reflection. Between race relations, increased polarization, and the political world we find ourselves in, I think the biggest thing is how we are with uncomfortable topics. Now, one word that has bothered people is the word privilege. You don't see many people getting mad when you use the word blessing, though. And in being in the LDS community, we always say, it's a blessing to have this, it's a blessing to have that. But the words privilege and blessing are interchangeable to things that we get maybe sometimes undeservingly. When I first came to Utah, I always introduced myself as being from Houston, you know? Ace time, hold it down. By doing so, people always assume my lifestyle was a stereotypical, media portrayed black lifestyle. Growing up with gang violence, don't know if it's gunshots or fireworks, hardcore lifestyle. And although I was raised in some rough neighborhoods the first near decade of my life, my lifestyle afterwards probably be characterized as this. Yes, I was raised in what is now ranked the number one community to raise a family. Seeing both sides has allowed me to have a perspective I feel that few have. So with that, I understand the importance of what it is to have a strong community. I've been stationed in Utah for the past half decade since I've been in college, and I've seen an extreme drop off in resolving homelessness. When I first came out here, Utah made headlines for reducing chronic homelessness by 91%. And this was in 2015. Fast forward five years later, Utah numbers have spiked the past two years. I don't know. I if it wasn't for the Food and Care Coalition, I was kicked out of my place because I went a little bit crazy. Probably, most likely I went crazy because I was smoking too much weed, drinking too much, okay? I, I, it wasn't good, okay? The reason I was smoking weed and doing uh, and drinking too much is because I, I, um, I wanted to kill myself, okay? I didn't want to live here no more. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I give up hope. I lost hope. Relationship, whatever, society, I lost hope. We want social change. We want people to be housed, but there's a lack of understanding of what that means for our community. And instead we see these knee-jerk reactions to um, sort of imagined fears or um, 
really blown out of proportion fears about what that looks like. There's a stigma in the United States that if you don't put your shoes on by yourself and buckle up and work and support yourself, that you're let, you're not you're not equal with other people. There's a stigma there, yeah. and it's a bad one. They don't follow the Book of Mormon. But the Book of Mormon teaches us we're all beggars, okay? And we need to respect a beggar just like we do a non-beggar or a worker. We, we do not respect one another, okay? Especially those that, are, that look different in society. Your hair, your color. We don't respect that. We judge. We judge by the outward appearance. We need to stop that bullshit. So that is my new homie, Burke. I just met him recently and got to know his story. To be honest with you, as crazy as it may seem to some listeners, I think I relate to Burke more than I relate to most people out here in Utah. While our upbringing may have been vastly different, those unfair stereotypes that are placed on you based on what you wear, how you present yourself, that sometimes may have nothing to do with who you are and what's in your heart and are held against you is some of the most demoralizing things and humiliating things that I have ever encountered in my life. But with that being said, although we have both gone through our fair share of discrimination, the lens in which we see each other's lives are different. So it was important for me to take a step back and not to see just how people like my friend Burke are looked at in society, but rather how we as a society approach people in similar situations as Burke. Okay. <laughs> No, here's where I'm going to be direct on you. Um, we help with preconditions. Um, we help with the expectation that people are going to approach their lives in the same way that we are, or that they're going to approach their lives in the way that we would expect them to as whatever our value system look like. And that's not really the case. It's the thing about giving hand handlers money. Um, or not giving them money if you think they're going to buy a beer with it. There's an expectation of the assistance provided that that person is going to adhere to our value system. And that is really problematic across all levels of giving, but also in policy matters. Um, people don't want to put somebody in a home that is actively dr using drugs. That is a thing. And where people like me push back, we say, no, housing is a human right. The right to be housed with dignity is a human right. And it doesn't matter if you're using drugs. I mean, we want you to stop. We're going to help you stop. But that shouldn't be a precondition for being safe at night. Being in a heavily dense LDS population, the act of service and giving is not unfamiliar to the culture. So this begs the question, why is it so hard to get housing for the homeless? We have the land. We have the resources. We have the money. We have the quote unquote culture. So what is going on? I took a quick survey of over a thousand people and asked, do you think it's the public's responsibility to help resolve homelessness? 70% said yes. However, it took some real digging to figure out what the real problem was. I mean, I'm definitely not the authority on the subject, but my two cents. Um, I definitely think in terms of resources, there's no reason why a homeless person should go hungry in Utah County just because there are a lot of places where you can get free food. But the biggest resource gap, in, in my opinion, is affordable housing. The biggest challenge they run into is finding an affordable place to live. 
mean, there's community pushback on some of the initiatives. One of the things that we're finding difficult right now is building high density, low income housing. Um, you have this not in my backyard mentality in a lot of communities. We call it NIMBY, N-I-M-B-Y, not in my backyard. We had, we had actually put some money down on a property and uh, before we even went to the public hearing, a uh, high-ranking city official went to the person that we had purchased the property from, or were going to purchase the property from, and said, we're not going to approve the, the project. They, they thought they were trying to do the right thing, they, you know, because they were trying to protect, you know, maybe a business owner that they knew that didn't want us to move in next door because of the impact it might have. And, and, and we have to acknowledge that. We have to acknowledge that as people come to and from our facility, sometimes some of the clients that come here, they're, they're talking to themselves or they might be having a breakdown while they're coming here and they're projecting that to the people around them. And, and so if you're a family and you're trying to go to a business, you're, you're, you might be fearful of that. And so it's a balance, right? It's, it's balancing personal accountability with compassion it's it's um, meeting people for where they are and not necessarily trying to come in and fix them, but give them resources and tools to where they can maybe have more of the abundant life. Why don't we make every morning we wake up a new year, a new day, a new... Why do we worship God? on Sunday and then the other six days a week treat our brothers and sisters like and walk all over and take advantage of them. Oh, but Sunday we'll come and we'll pray and we'll get our sins washed away and then we're good again and then we go for six more days treat them like We can use the atonement to clean us up and it's all good. As funny as that conversation was, it really had me reflect on how do I treat people that are different from me? Because at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. You know, if I was trying to sleep outside in 10 degree weather and getting uh, woken up every hour or so by the police, you know, I'd be probably pretty frustrated too. And with it being holiday season, and especially being in a religious area, I think we can all come to a common understanding that at the end of the day, it will not matter how much money is left in our bank account, the worldly accolades we collect, but what will matter it's how people felt when they left our presence. Instead of the first thing going, well, does he deserve it? Or does that homeless person deserve my help or not? Um, should I give or should I not? It, that shouldn't be the first question. The question should never be, should I give? It should be, how do I give? And what way is best to give? How can I connect better them to me and me to them because we're ultimately we're all on the path of life together we want to elevate our community i think we've got to have that shared understanding that one of us is not worthy and one of us is unworthy it's how can i help my brother or help my sister how can i lift how can i elevate and how can I gracefully accept help? There's not one of us that's not raised by the community. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be able to work with people who work directly with homelessness and for my man Burke for being so candid with me. And I want to give a shout out to everybody I interviewed in alphabetical order. Morgan Bergstrom, Burke Blumel, 
Brent Crane, Brent Hutchinson, and Heather Hogue. I'm going to give a special shout out to them and their organizations and everything that they've done to help out this community. And finally, I want to give the listeners a special shout out. I appreciate you guys listening today. My name is Bachelor Johnson, and you just heard episode one of It's Just a Bachelor's Perspective. Have a good holiday season.